All right. Okay, we're back. On a Monday. So, let's get into it. First up, the Swedish government finally wakes up to handling their illegal immigration problem. Hard Talk Radio Live in 4K. Sweden to introduce mandatory reporting of illegals by public employees with fines imposed for those who don't comply. It's estimated that more than 100,000 currently live in Sweden without permission. Swedish government is seeking to crack down on illegal immigration by introducing a mandatory requirement for public institutions to report instances when they come into contact with migrants in an irregular situation amid reports that more than 100,000 people are living in the country illegally. At a press conference on Thursday, Swedish Migration Minister Maria Malma Stenergaard announced that employees of public institutions will soon be obliged to notify the authorities of encounters with illegal immigrants and may face punitive action should they not comply. The proposal for mandatory reporting of illegals in public sector can counteract the shadow society, Stenergaard told the press. She explained the move is an important step in the paradigm shift that the current government is implementing in the migration policy. It's about time they actually did something about this. Okay, because uh, this has been a problem for a long time in Europe with the no-go zones and all the crimes that have been happening, you know, and the Swedish citizens have been suffering. I mean, ASAP Rocky went to Sweden and uh, he had to deal with that being attacked and he had to defend himself and he got stuck in a Swedish prison and it took Trump to get him out. Okay. Public offices that may be compelled to report illegal immigrants could include job centers, social welfare offices, and libraries, although some institutions may be exempt. Healthcare services may be exempt from the obligation to report illegal immigrants. It is not clear yet whether schools will be exempt, Stengard said. Those who are found not to comply with the reporting requirements could find themselves in trouble. We have rules today about misconduct, and it could be a civil procedure where fines are involved, but the investigators must look at what is responsible and what appropriate in terms of consequences, said the minister. She added the plans were necessary to crack down on the estimated 100,000 individuals currently living in Sweden without permission. Those critical of the plan claimed that such a move could dissolute individuals from seeking help from authorities and exacerbate the societal society the minister seeks to eradicate. Well, you can't be coming over to places and you don't have the proper credentials, okay? Look at New York City. Look at what how they're suffering. Look at other parts of America which are suffering at the hands of criminals. There are even migrants in Italy that are causing problems. And Italian citizens have to take the law into their own hands to quell the, uh, the violence, okay? In addition to the proposed reporting requirements, the center-right government, propped by the right-wing Sweden Democrats, plans to extend the use of biometric screening, including the use of fingerprinting and facial recognition, to strengthen checks on people already living in the country. It may involve fingerprints and photographs being taken and stored in more cases and for a longer period of time, explained Christian Carlson, migration spokesperson for the co-governing Christian Democrats. Random immigration checks, which are currently not permitted in the country, also be, may also be introduced. Additionally, expiry dates on expulsion orders, which currently last for four years, could be extended or abolished. And the government is also exploring the possibility of introducing re-entry bans into the country. The plans are expected to go through a consolation process ahead of being formally presented in January, with a final report expected in September of next year. Okay. This is something that is way overdue, way overdue for the people of Sweden, man. Okay. I mean, this is uh, 
I mean, look look at this right here. Look look at this, okay? Let's let's take a look at this one right here. This article. All right. This is what I'm talking about. Walla Walla, I will delete you. Spurned Algerian migrant jailed for storming ex-girlfriend's home and stabbing her friend. The attacker had a long rap sheet of violence and was already the subject of an unenforced deportation order. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about right here. An Algerian migrant who stabbed his Swedish ex-girlfriend's male friend with a large kitchen knife after she had broken up with him has been jailed for just two years. On May 25th this year, 26-year-old Mohammed Amana drove to an apartment in a small town of Orifers in Nerubo, Masility, where his ex-partner was staying temporarily with her male friend. He used a ladder to climb to the apartment's balcony and used a large rock to smash the balcony's window and enter the apartment, equipped with a large blade, according to the according to reporting by the Samet News Outlet. The male friend recorded the incident on his smartphone and his foot and the footage shown to the Swedish court showed a moment standing outside the locked bathroom door with his ex-girlfriend had taken refuge shouting, Walla, I will delete you. I swear my mother. The migrant vowed to open up the woman and assault her mother. When the male friend attempted to stop the attack, he was stabbed with the knife, resulting in significant wounds to his neck and hand. Amana was arrested following the attack and claimed during the police questioning that he had voice, he had heard voices urging him to enter the apartment, but claimed he had to have no memory of other details. He did, however, deny stabbing the male friend. Before the attack, Amana, who first arrived in Sweden in 2015 and claimed asylum, had already engaged in criminal activity and was the subject of unenforced deportation order. He had previously been convicted of several crimes of aggravated assault, violence, theft, and drug offenses, and had been ordered to leave the country by a court in 2018. Despite this, Amana remained free in Sweden and continued to commit multiple offenses over the past five years. The Algerian national was convicted of aggravated assault, aggravated unlawful entry, and serious unlawful threats by Kalama District Court on August 16th. He was subsequently sentenced to two years in prison and faces deportation within a 10-year ban on returning to Sweden when released. This is this is what's going on in Sweden. Okay? This is what New York City is going to turn into. You're going to have a bunch of violent immigrants here. Okay? And a lot of people are not waking up to that fact at all. All right? But uh, let's talk about this, uh, what's going on in the Congo with the protests and what is the, what has the army caused there? Cracking down on the protests of the UN being there. Fair use, by the way. after footage of an attack on a policeman circulated on social media. Earlier authorities said the officers were stoned to death and that six protesters were killed. Army intervened. Let's get more on this. Chris Ojemringa is in Kinshasa and joins us for the very latest. Chris, welcome to the program. Chris, what more can you tell us about this army crackdown in the eastern Congolese city of Goma? Chris? So authorities in the eastern city of Goma say that the army was uh, was compelled to use the kind of force that it did against the protesters after a police officer was killed. He was torn to death um, in this protest. And the military governor of Goma said that uh, this protest that was organized by a religious sect uh, led by a man called uh, Ephraim Bisimwa was prohibited. Uh, it was called earlier this week. It was prohibited, but hundreds of people, you know, defied uh, the, the, the decision, the directive of the authorities and took to the streets of Goma. And they were planning to attack some of the UN bases in that area. And uh, 
also uh, the military had to deploy a special unit of forces who were known to be vicious in cracking down on protests. We were told that they fired live rounds in the protesters and uh, many people have been killed. Initially, we were told that uh, the death toll was 10 people and uh, 20 others injured, but it emerged. There were videos that were circulating on social media of military officers picking up lifeless bodies and putting them on trucks. And uh, the DRC Minister of Communication has confirmed that there were 43 people who died, uh, 56 who were injured, and 158 who have been arrested. And they will be charged in the military court for uh, participating in that protest. That um, <clears throat> That is true. I've seen the videos. It's pretty gruesome. I can't even show you show it to you was uh, called uh, to call for the immediate withdrawal of the UN peacekeepers and the East African uh, Community Regional Force for their perceived failure in um, forcing out the M23 rebels from the areas that they're occupying in North Kivu province Richard Chris uh, thanks for that important point that you've made there Chris in light of all that you said remember over 40 killed and more than 150 people arrested in the crackdown has the government made any statement since? Yes, the government says that, uh, has made a statement. The Minister of Communication, Patrick Muyaya, issued a statement saying that uh, it was unfortunate that this happened, but he was blaming it on the protesters who were acting very rowdy. They threw stones and killed a police officer and he said that they are investigating the killings of the 43 people who, who, who were hit by the live rounds of, of shots but this is something that you know has a history last year there was a very large anti-UN protests held in Goma and other parts of uh, North Kivu, other cities in North Kivu province, uh, people were calling for the United Nations peacekeeping mission to leave their territory because they had failed to fight against the M23 rebels. And so all right, so let's get into uh, a commentary by a person who is from the Congo. Let's see what he has to say about it. And why they don't want the UN there. Okay. Second. Okay. pretty sad to hear the news i'm actually from congo you know it's uh, crazy because they have the un they have all these organization uh in congo and different places in africa and they're supposed to be there to help but they never really help the people they have their own agenda and uh, it, it never ends well you know because like the same people that put these organization in on the back end they arm different you know militias in the areas so there's constant conflict so they can come in you know and just extract all the minerals from it i think it's best for like all these organization to just you know leave the country to their people and um stop arming all these militia groups to create problems in those area you know they're all just a front really to for other things, other agendas they have going on in those countries. Even though like they project, oh, we're here to help the UN, they're supposed to help world hunger, but they're actually doing this, you know? That's the thing. The UN swears they, you know, the UN swears they, they had to do something good, but they're not. They're there to harm they're there to hurt they're there to the dead to destroy okay let's get into the article here Dozens killed in the Congo protest crackdown. An anti-UN protest was brutally suppressed after footage of an attack on policemen was
posted to social media. At least 40 people were killed and another 56 wounded when Congolese troops violently suppressed a protest on Wednesday against the United Nations. When Suko peacekeeping mission in Goma, the Democratic Republic of the Congo's government confirmed on Thursday. The official statement from Kinshasa placed the toll of the death toll at 43. Though the UN's Human Rights Office claimed to have information indicating a true number of deaths might be higher. Another 158 people were arrested, according to the authorities. The government has opened a military investigation into the incident. Troops were reportedly sent to break up the demonstration after footage showing people in civilian clothing beating a tied-up policeman with sticks and stones was posted to social media. Reuters was unable to verify the origin of the footage. Protesters organizers had called for participants to remain peaceful. Many of those injured in the brutal crackdown presented at the International Red Cross Clinic with serious stab and gunshot wounds. Branch director and civil Linda told Reuters on Friday, some were dead upon arrival. She added, while footage posted to social media appeared to show soldiers picking up bodies from the street in a truck convoy driving through Goma. Masusko released a statement following the massacre, encouraging the Congolese government to conduct a prompt and independent investigation and treat those detained humanely and respect their rights. The mission said it remained concerned by the threats of violence and expressed condolences for those who had perished in the melee. A similar protest last year against Monusco, which locals claim have failed to protect them against the years of militia violence least, left at least 15 dead, including three UN peacekeepers. As, as the well-armed UN troops squared off against hundreds of civilians armed with rocks and petrol bombs, vandalizing and torching international missions buildings. That protest began in Goma and spread to Batempon. You can't be having a protest and you want to be throwing, you know, flaming cocktails at soldiers. That's not going to end well for you. A tourist reporter personally observed UN troops gunned down two protesters in Goma, even though the peacekeepers had been advised to restrict their crowd control measures to tear gas and warning shots. Some UN workers were relocated to camps under military protection after the 2022 protests as demonstrators descended upon their homes. The Congolese ruling party youth mission has demanded the UN leave the country due to its perceived ineffectiveness. MINUSCO has downsized somewhat since November of 2021, when it had over 12,000 soldiers and 1,600 police deployed across the country, but tensions remain high as militia groups, some linked to terrorist groups such as Islamic State uh, is formerly ISIS, continued to terrorize civilians despite the international presence supposed to repel them. Okay, let's read these comments. Okay, one from Frank Hunt. Murderers protecting Western mining operations, mostly using kids as slave labor, and leaders like Macron and Banana Joe wonder why Africa is getting off the resources rape train. Yeah, and Fran the French government is trying to put pressure, okay, is trying to put pressure on the, these people to uh, submit to their submit to their will. They all tortillas. That's another forty or eighty that won't be bored illegal. Man, I'm not reading that. Muhammad, Muhammad, Muhammad. Wherever the West says foot, you expect a continuous heinous massacre of innocent civilians by their so-called peacekeeping force, the looting of their resources, and the creation, arming, and funding of terrorist groups who are tasked to kill the civilians and justify their stay to loot the country. That is true. That is true. That's why the people of Niger are waking up. But let's talk about Japan's Fukushima wastewater situation. Let's talk about that now. All right. Water from the Fukushima nuclear power plant. Tanks on the site hold about 1.3 million tons of the water. The reports say that the process will take decades to complete. Some say it could be even 30 years. 
The first round of wastewater release will be carried out over 17 days, around 7,800 tons of the radioactive wastewater will be discharged. But the plan has been drawing criticism and protests from many. The Fukushima nuclear power plant was destroyed in the year 2011. That was due to an earthquake and followed by a tsunami. 2011 tsunami caused swamped backup power and cooling systems at the nuclear plant that eventually caused a meltdown at three of the six reactors. Japan and other organizations claim that the water released is safe and the International Atomic Energy Agency gave a green light to the plan in July, highlighting that its impact on people and environment would be negligible. But Greenpeace, a global environmental organization, has warned that the radiological risks have not been fully assessed and the biological impacts of tritium carbon-14, strontium-90 and iodine-129 have been ignored. Fishing communities too have been urging government not to go ahead with the plan. They think that it will reverse the work done to restore the damaged reputation of their fisheries after the 2011 disaster. <laughs> 새끼를 내야 되니까 순산을 해야 되니까 사람 같으면 그래서 너무너무나 소중하게 우리는 잘 정패를 길러서 잘 하려고 하고 있는데 일본서는 이 오염수 방류를 한다니까 하늘이 캄캄한 지금 지경입니다. Neighboring countries have also expressed concerns with China being the most vocal voice, rebuking Japan's plan as irresponsible, unpopular and unilateral. China has suspended the import of all aquatic products, including edible aquatic animals, originating from Japan. Now remember, Beijing is the biggest importer of Japanese seafood. So this move is absolutely crucial. Yeah, because the thing is like, you don't want that type of food coming to the U.S. That's going to be a problem. We already have enough problems here with legal immigration, food shortages, and then getting contaminated food. That will be a very serious issue right now. North Korea says that Japan should immediately withdraw from the plan, which seriously threatens lives, safety, and the future of humanity. Pretty much. Pretty much. What can you say? What, what can you say about it? All right, they're only protecting their people from getting poisoned. All right. Well, let's see about this situation here. What's more has to be said about it. One second right here. I got it fixed. All right. Nuclear plant destroyed by an earthquake and tsunami back in 2011 started releasing water that had been exposed to radiation into the Pacific Ocean. It's a release that follows months of debate and strong opposition from fishing interests who say this is very bad for business. And China has already reacted by banning all seafood imported from the country of Japan. For Haru Ono, who's been fishing this ocean all his life, that is an outrage. It's not a garbage dump, he tells me. They say it's safe, but the consequences could be 50 years down the road. Will consumers actually eat the fish? 
Unlikely, says Haruo Ono, who is now looking at the end of his life. End of his livelihood. Someone tells me you're still going to have people that are going to be corrupt, and somehow that fish is going to get here. It's going to get here. For some reason, I just know it's going to get here. All right. That's what I know. All right. But let's check this out right here. What are your thoughts on helicopter dropping mosquitoes? You heard about it in Baltimore. Say they're dropping mosquitoes. All right. In Florida. Tell me what you think. get a copyright so I'll just turn that music off I don't know. Tell me what you think about that. Tell me what you think. Uh, what's up, neck of the woods? What's up? Hope you're enjoying the stream. All right. But uh, let's check out some stories on uh, illegal immigration. Okay. What's going on here? Check it out right here with uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. It's called for mass deportation of migrants due to this. This is what's going on. This. Yep, I can see him kicking out all those people out of Israel. I can see that. Because people don't want that in their country, man. They don't want that in their country. Who wants to have people like that, you know, tearing up your country, tearing up everything you, you work for? Who wants that in their country? Who do you? I wouldn't want that. And I got the article right here. Let's get into it. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu calls for mass deportation after chaos in Tel Aviv. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu pushed for mass deportation 
of unauthorized immigrants on Sunday after this weekend violent clash in Tel Aviv that left more than 100 people injured. The New York Times reported, speaking to ministers, that now requested a complete and updated plan to repatriate all of the remaining illegal infiltrators from the state of Israel. After rival groups of Israelis rioted in the streets on Saturday, Netanyahu also called for strong steps, okay, <clears throat> strong steps to be taken against rioters, including immediate expulsion of those who took part. Police officers reportedly fired live bullets into an effort to stop the riots, leading to several gunshot inflicted hospitalizations, while nearly 50 officers were injured in the chaos. That has to be done, man. A lot of people will want to say, like, oh, what are you doing? This is not right. I don't I don't know what to tell you because people have a right to their safety of their homes and where they live. You at least got to be able to go to Israel, try to find work. Uh, but to be honest with you, Israel is a very um doesn't take too kindly to uh, blacks. Okay. If you ever read the Talmud, you'll understand that. Okay. They don't have a very uh, kind view of blacks or people who do, are not of their ethnic group. That is just the truth. If you could look up information for yourself on the Talmud and how they view uh, people who are different from them. That's a, a, a way I could put it without getting in trouble with YouTube. Okay. All right, let's get into what went on in the uh, with this one person in local news, okay? And tell me if you feel sorry for him. Tell me if you feel sorry for this dude. Everything he and his daughter owned was thrown in a dumpster after the management of his apartment building accidentally ordered maintenance to clean out his rental. It turns out apartment management had the wrong unit number, and now that man says that he is out tens of thousands of dollars. Building management argues he never should have been living there to begin with. Consumer reporter Steve Noviello is on your side tonight. Used to have a couch here, a TV stand with the TV. After Johnny Abney spent years building a life... This was my daughter's snack drawer. ...for himself and his nine-year-old daughter... It was a closet full of clothes. This is all that's left of their stuff. Everything gone. Everything they own. Clothing items, all my groceries, they cleared out. My whole refrigerator full of groceries. Is gone. Well, we had a shower curtain here. Not stolen, thrown in the dumpster by order of the management at the Hamilton, the high-end mid-rise apartment building where Johnny and his daughter lived in the deep Elm neighborhood of Dallas. They came to my door and cleaned everything out from my daughter's clothes to my clothes to everything from a toothbrush, bathing items, like they pretty much left me with nothing. It's all in this police report Johnny filed when he returned home from work in late July to find his apartment door unlocked and the contents cleared out. According to the report's narrative, a leasing agent on site said there was a misunderstanding and maintenance accidentally cleared out Abney's unit instead of the unit next door where a tenant was being evicted. All of Johnny's belongings had been thrown in the dumpster hours earlier and had been picked over by the other residents. This is video Johnny took of his discarded stuff. He says his mattress had been urinated on. Not only did they put my stuff out, they watched people take all my property all day. Property management offered to get what they could from the trash and return it to Johnny's unit. Johnny said they even had that stained mattress professionally cleaned. But most of his and his daughter's stuff was gone for good. This door is completely gone, and this one, they just completely just broke it. Much of what did make it back from the dumpster he showed us was damaged. They told me that it was a mistake. They apologized the first night. They were overly apologetic, like, let us know anything missing. But that quickly took a turn. Even though it was your stuff, it's her apartment. It's under her name. The contract is in her name and her name. This is what I'm talking about, man. You cannot live. You can. This is a trend I see with the, you know, with some black people from the hood. You cannot be living with another woman. You can't be doing that. And you didn't even try to have your name put on a lease or try to find another place to live. 
living with another woman puts you at her mercy. She knew that it when she leaves, she knew when she left, you were going to be in some dire straits. She knew you were going to get kicked out. Okay? My thing is, why didn't she take her daughter with her? She knew this was going to happen. I, I don't... I don't get it, man. I don't get it. This is not the way to go. This is not being independent as a man. Let's continue. This is video Johnny recorded of a conversation he had with one of the leasing agents who was quick to point out the apartment in which he and his daughter lived was leased by his ex-girlfriend who had since moved out of state. Johnny was subletting without permission and even though these receipts provided to us by an attorney for the Hamilton show that Johnny paid the near $3,000 in rent each month, any direct discussion about making him whole was off the table. $3,000 you paid to a place that's not even yours. Do you see the clown behavior here? We are binded, like, by law. We cannot discuss anything with anybody that is not her. According to this lawsuit Johnny has now filed against the property management company, they gave him 24 hours to fill out his own rental application or face eviction. I've already lost property. Now you're trying to kick me off the property at short notice with no result. It's not your place. You were in the wrong the whole time. You are subletting. You are bumming off another per. You are living there. That's not your place. You How are you trying to find rights now? Um, Here's the eviction notice. It was posted on his door the next day. Rent was paid in full. There was no reason to go into his apartment. There was no reason to throw anything away. Justin Friedman is Johnny's attorney. He says the issue of who was on the lease is irrelevant. The apartment building, they didn't know. He is just trying to make some money, this lawyer right here. He knows very well that his client is in the wrong. He's just trying to defend his client who knows he knows his client was acting like a clown. And this is not the way to go at all to make to, to have a place to live. When they threw all that stuff away, whose stuff it was? whether it was the person on the lease or his. And adds, Johnny chose not to fill out the application or pay the fee required for one very simple reason. He chose not to because he said, I want to resolve the situation with my property that you threw away before I decide if I'm going to stay in this building. An attorney for the Hamilton, who would not speak to us on camera, but did communicate by phone and email, said on behalf of the building, even if Johnny did fill out the rental application, he would have been denied because he already violated the lease terms as an unauthorized occupant. With me losing all my property, like, that's the last thing on my mind. According to the lawsuit, the Hamilton also alleged there was counterfeit money pulled from Johnny's things. Another reason they say he would not be welcome to stay. This guy was a counterfeiter, so he's lucky he's not in jail right now, and his daughter is not in foster care. You see the clown behavior here? Just absolute clown behavior. I don't know, man. This is just... Who are these people in Israel? What ethnic groups are they? They're uh, black. Um, Eritrea. Okay. The Eritreans. And um, they decided to act a, act a fool, and Netanyahu is throwing them out. That's what he's doing. Let's get into the next story right here. Okay. Let's talk about these coal retail thieves. Coal's retail thieves right now. Coming up. There we go. 
tonight. And Brett, police are dealing with damaged squad cars. They are. Glendale police responded initially to a retail theft at the Coles here at Bayshore, but that quickly took a turn. It started as a call for retail theft. They did strike multiple squads with speed, just struck another car. And escalated into a police chase. It's going to go southbound on court in the wrong lanes of travel, southbound in the wrong lanes of travel. Glendale police say they responded to a retail theft call at the Coles at Bayshore just before 11 o'clock Tuesday morning. They say they drove up to an SUV. Before the officers could get out, they say the SUV driver rammed into their squad cars. That's when the chase started. Stop six at Port and Silver. Police say the driver hit two more cars while driving away. It's just sad, just trying to safely enjoy our days and you don't know when something's coming around the corner. <laughs> Sisters Lisa and Melanie Spencer meet up at Bayshore as a halfway point between their homes. One lives in Milwaukee, the other in Port Washington. I'm nervous about driving on Capitol or some of the other streets that are nearby, you know, to go to her house. It's very nerve wracking. They did it. There you have it. I don't know what it is, man. Some people just want to try their luck with the police. They want to try and steal. They want to try and do things that will get you locked up. Okay. Or worse, end up six feet under. All right. Cole's. Uh, suspected cold seas lead Wisconsin cops on reckless car chase, ramp cars into cruisers. Okay. That's basically what they did. Can't tell you what else, but they were caught. Okay. Three people accused of stealing from a Wisconsin Coles led Glendale police on a car chase. August 8th, officers found two of the suspects outside the store and inside an SUV. The driver ran to the two squad cars in an attempt to escape. And then both suspects took off running. Third suspect was arrested without issue. Two officers were injured. Okay. Can't play the whole thing. But um, I don't know what it is, man. I really don't. People really think that this is a. Uh, like this is a game. That because people are having hard times, that gives you the right to steal. And they're getting bolder and bolder. Every minute. What they don't realize is that they're creating deserts, retail deserts, food deserts, grocery store deserts. Okay. Let's get into this one right here. So you hear how bad San Francisco is. I was filming a shot from my of my father, Shelby Steele, and then in 10 minutes we were gone. We were gone. Our SUV was broken into and nearly $15,000 worth of camera equipment was stolen. Called 911 and they hung up twice. Wow. This is the video of the black Chevy Blazer with license plate NAAZ318. Still no San Francisco police. Let's see what they have to say. Wild. 
insane. Found more equipment missing. Now about two twenty-five thousand or thirty thousand plus rental car damage. San Francisco police do nothing. It's so bad that my friend is calling gang members for help. Police, every single person here had their car broken into. We've been here 15 minutes. While dealing with our situation, we see more robbers pulling up in the Mercedes and looking into cars. We yelled at them. They pulled a gun on my friend. He's filing his, his report now. Now one police officer showed up. People asking where this was on top of famous Lombard Street one of the richest neighborhoods in San Francisco and America. I've worked dangerous neighborhoods for years and nothing like this. We just left the police station. The officer was kind and took down all the information. She expressed sympathy and said nothing will likely happen. The police have been defanged. defanged. On Monday, we attended San Francisco's meeting on reparations. See my father in a tan jacket, a photo. Some of the committee members were arguing for more defunding of the police, just crazy. Just learned from the Good Samaritan that the license plate on the blazer was stolen off of a 2022 Mitsubishi owned by Enterprise. Just as, just as San Francisco locals told us we would be would be the case. Guys at Hertz Car Rental at San Francisco said they averaged 30 cars a day that had been broken into. My father and I never thought we would be in a position of having a good friend of ours set up a GoFundMe for us. We lost even more then we realize and any support would truly be appreciated. It will allow us to continue making this film, which is the filmic sequel to the link right there. We are back out filming with our remaining equipment. The shot is the only thing that counts. Talk to my insurance rep. I told her what happened and she says, I'm not surprised. And then tells me that her own car was stolen despite all her precautions. Not only that, Several San Franciscans stopped us today with their own crime stories. We have to get off this bottom. We have to get off this bottom. Here's the video of the second 911 call after the first call was hung up and disconnected. Here we get disconnected again. Above, I said hung up in the heat of the moment. Still, should not be two failed calls, especially in wealthy, high-tech San Francisco. What if this was a grape? This ain't even happening in Chicago. For the, <laughs> wow. Something is really. But we want to cut funds too. Yes, yeah, hello. <laughs> oh, no. I'm on Hyde Street and. Do you anybody know this street we're on? Um, 25. Uh, Lombard Street. Lombard, oh, Lombard and Hyde. Someone broke into our vehicle and uh, took took all the equipment, took, took film equipment. Okay, let me ask you a couple questions before I give you a certificate. Do you need a person that broke into your vehicle? I don't. A bystander came by and let us know that somebody had busted all our, our windows out the truck. And, uh. I'm sorry, sir? We have a license plate number. We do have a license plate number. Okay, let me get you a police number. Okay, hold on. Thank you. This is what defund the police gets you. This is what defund the police gets you. All right. 
bottom line. Within 10 minutes, thieves in San Francisco made off with 30K. Let's hear what that has to be said on uh, Twitter. By reflex, we called the police, and uh, they were indifferent. They hung up the first time on us. Uh, we, we then called again and, and got a very sweet lady. I don't know uh, anything more about her than that. Uh, but she asked us uh, certain questions, and then we got hung up on again. Uh, finally, one of the, the neighbors in the, na- in the neighborhood who lived in the same block as the robbery uh, came out, and, and, these, and they, these people are so used to this sort of uh, behavior in their neighborhood that they have a, a whole ritualized pattern of responding, and they, they shared that with us. And uh, we finally got to the police station where, where they then told us uh, that it was just very unlikely we were going to ever get anything out of this. By reflex, we called the police, and uh, they were indifferent. They hung up the first time on us. Uh, we, we then called again and, and got a very sweet lady. I don't know uh, anything more about her than that. Uh, but she asked us uh, certain questions, and then we got hung up on again. Uh, finally, one of the, the neighbors in the, na- in the neighborhood who lived in the same block as the robbery uh, came out, and, and, these, and they, these people are so used to this sort of um, behavior in their neighborhood that they have a, a whole ritualized pattern of responding, and they, they shared that with us. And uh, we finally got to the police station where, where they then told us uh, that it was just very unlikely we were going to ever get anything out of it. Your property stolen. You can't get nothing back. Nothing. Here's the San Francisco reality. My father and I realized we can't even get we can't even go out to dinner tonight after a crazy week of filming. <laughs> Who's going to watch our SUV rental while we eat? Do we have to move the equipment into the hotel room to enjoy a meal? Criminals, not the law, runs the city. You left thousands of dollars of equipment in broad daylight. The police need to step up. Both are true. I take full responsibility. At the same time, police need to do real work. But there's a third part, the people. Too many San Franciscans have surrendered. They need to retake power. There's been speculation on the race of the robbers. Many say black. However, I can't tell the race of robbers who broke into my SUV from the video. The robbers in the Mercedes were light skinned. The robber that pulled the gun was black. To default to all to all black is not accurate. Come on now. Come on. <clears throat> Come on now. Light skinned black person. Stop. Stop trying to. F- See, this is the problem. You want to be a liberal, okay, and you want to defend criminality. That's the thing. You're brainwashed with this liberal notion is that all blacks are oppressed. All blacks, you know, they're they're always the victim. I'm black, and I'm telling you, no, blacks are not always the victim. Sometimes they can be the criminals, okay? And no, I'm not a Republican. No, I'm not a Democrat. It's common sense. Okay? This is why I'm not pro-black, because sometimes being pro-black is pro-stupid. I'll say it again. Sometimes I'm not pro-black, because being pro-black is pro-stupid. Because it's just, call out the nonsense. You're not supposed to do that with a bunch of pro-blacks. They'll tell you you're wrong. You're self-hating. You can't do that. Just a lot of ignorant idiocracy, just idiocy. And that's why you can't get things done in these poor urban communities. That's why things can't work well between blacks and police, because you have blacks that refuse to call out those gang members that are terrorizing their neighborhoods, refuse to call out those criminals within your family and within your neighborhood. Then you wonder why you don't have black businesses in these poor urban black communities. What for? So they could get robbed? So you could end up being another Destiny Harrison who had a beauty supply store and a salon business in Baltimore, Maryland, 
and she was gunned down and her mother had to tell the people at her vigil that you know who did it. Let me let me just say that again. Her mother was at her vigil and she knows the people in the crowd at the vigil know who killed her daughter. And they ain't gonna. They, they're not gonna rat. They're not gonna rat. They're not gonna snitch because they have a stop snitching rule in the in the hood. This is why blacks, when they get their money together, they don't stay in the poor urban black communities. They leave and go to the suburbs because they're tired of that stuff. They want their kids to live. They don't want to be burying their kids. And you have this nonsense called defund the police. And you're gonna call me a square. I don't care. I really don't care because I care about blacks. I'm black. See, when a person talks like this, this is being pro-black. That you have to come to an understanding, defund the police is the most stupid idea ever. What should be is you hold police officers accountable. Modify the qualified immunity. That they can't get away, can't get away with cold-blooded murder. Okay? I'm talking cold-blooded murder like the the blacks that were under their um their control they can't get away with using excessive force not the fact that a black person feels they could rob a store and they get blown away by cops because they refuse to comply and now all of a sudden we're gonna have oh protests for a scumbag that chose to break the law That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Oh, yeah. What's the sense of having reparations, going for reparations, if you're going to, you know, have your life threatened by somebody of the same color of skin as you because you have defund the police? Who do you think is going to rob you if you do get reparations? Pookie and Ray Ray and Lokeisha. The ones that don't want to work for anything and just want to take what someone else's what someone else has. I mean, come on now. Why is that so hard to understand? Anyway. Let's get into this uh, possibly new deadly disease that's on the rise called Alpha-Gale Syndrome. It's on the rise in Virginia. Let's get into it. Fair use, by the way. Diagnosed with the Alpha-Gale Syndrome, is just taking off. The allergy can cause a lot of issues with your diet. ABC 13's Alexia Stanbridge explains what you can do to protect yourself. An alpha-gal allergy can be life-threatening, just like other food allergies. Those diagnosed with the syndrome have to avoid anything with the alpha-gal sugar molecule in it, which is found in meat from hooved animals. In some cases, dairy and even some medications could cause a reaction. To see what I mean about its prevalence here, just take a look at this CDC heat map. You can see the allergy is becoming especially prominent here in Virginia. The dark blue represents more cases of alpha-gal syndrome, as you can see. Virginia is mostly dark blue. Julia Murphy with the Virginia Department of Health says the allergy is linked to tick bites, specifically from the Lone Star ticks. Wow. We got uh, people getting infected with the West Nile virus in uh, New York. So it's not a joke. Potentially life-threatening health care on the rise in Virginia as Department of Health CDC issue warning. All right. Public health concern with potentially deadly consequences is on the rise in Virginia, health officials said, as people are testing positive for the alpha-gal syndrome. Alpha-gal syndrome, AGS, is a little-known meat allergy that is contracted through tick bites 
and can be life-threatening. It primarily causes hives, angioedema, upset stomach, diarrhea, stuffy or runny nose, sneezing, headaches, and a drop in blood pressure. And it can even cause death. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Protection, CDC, which is issued, which issued a warning about the syndrome last month. It is known to spread through tick bites, specifically from the Lone Star Tick, which is pre prevalent in Virginia. According to Julie Murphy, a state public health veterinarian with the Virginia's Department of Health, VDH. We do have a lot of Lone Star Ticks here in Virginia, so we think that's driving a lot of what we are seeing in Virginia when it comes to alpha-gal and people testing positive for alpha-gal, she said, according to WSET. Unlike other diseases spread through tick bites, which require the tick to remain attached to a human for hours, AGS is transmitted through the tick saliva. According to the Virginia Department of Health, a tick carries a sugar molecule called alpha-gal in its saliva and injects it into the individual's body by biting it. The tick saliva prompts an immune response from the human body to develop antibodies in an attempt to combat the foreign substance. However, now the immune system has a difficult time determining whether or not the alpha-gal carbohydrate floating around in your blood is from the tick or from the burger you just ate, potentially resulting in an allergic reaction, the VDH said. I don't know. That sounds like a very high-tech engineered bug. Those who contract the allergy perhaps during the summer or fall vacation as ticks become more active in warmer weather have to avoid eating anything that with the alpha-gal sugar molecule in it as it triggers allergies to certain types of meats high in fat, primarily pork, beef, rabbit, lamb, or venison, or products made from mammals, including protein powders, dairy products, and galation. Certain medications, including cancer drug citimexamab, can also cause allergic reactions. Symptoms can show approximately four to eight hours after consuming red meat. Once you have alpha-gal, your future is somewhat uncertain in regard to the kind of restrictions you might have and what you can eat and what other things you can take in orally, such as medications such and such, Murphy said. Due to his connection with tick bites and red meat, AGS is also known as the red meat allergy or the tick meat allergy. The CDC said in July that AGS is an emergency public health concern, as like other food allergies, an alpha-gal allergy can be life-threatening. According to Murphy, the best way to avoid getting the syndrome is avoiding getting bitten by a tick in the first place. She recommends wearing light colors when outdoors in order to easily spot ticks and use the correct sprays and check yourself when you get back inside. The CDC has also been aware of the alpha-gal syndrome since 2008. Currently, there is no treatment or cure. Henneco County health officials urge people to remain extra vigilant in warmer months and to avoid wooden and bushy areas with tall grass. People said um, people should also use repellents that contain 20 to 30% um, and and on exposed skin and clothing for protection or other products that contain permethrin on clothing they should, they said. All right. <clears throat> this is wild, man. This is be careful out there. That's all I could tell you. Be careful out there. All right. This is all I got for now. Hope you guys were entertained and as well as informed. My uh rumble channel is Radical Thoughts 791. I'm on Spotify, Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. Anything else you want to know about this channel is in the description box. Please hit the like button. Helps the video go through the algorithm. Other than that, like, share, comment, and subscribe. Later.